Join us this October 1st through 3rd for our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. We are bringing a mix of beer and psalms, fellowship and food, and speakers who have been deplatformed by the evangelical elite and occasionally end up in Facebook jail. Step out of the boring, benign Christian conference circuit and step into the rowdy Christian world of engaging culture while standing firmly on God's word. Most conferences will lull your faith to sleep and teach you how to obey the 11th commandment, but our people, our culture, our country needs the high-octane gospel that applies to every area of our lives. So join us in Nashville as we fight, laugh, and feast together. Sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com, and we look forward to seeing you in Nashville October 1st through 3rd as we build a rowdy Christian culture for God's glory and our good. You know we at war with your gods. Your flesh in the world gotta die. I'm just going to say right now that John MacArthur is America's pastor. Oh, that, Evangelical Pope, I'm actually. Na- I'm naming Evangelical it. Evangelical Pope. Evangelical Pope. Jonathan the Pope? <laughs> is that what? I don't know if you would approve. $50 fine for not, for not wearing a mask on the New York subway. Where? $50. Uh, Cuomo $50. thinks he's a Pope. And that, that, that $50 goes to abortions. That's what Ooh. Ooh. The Benham Boys are coming up on the second segment. Of course, as you can see, we got Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan in the studio. Thanks for joining us. Janice. Right. That's great to be back in show, in person. Right. Yes. Right. yes. I mean, yeah. wow, you came back. I, you know what? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah. if, you. if anyone's You ever... guys need to Google hey. the first time we had her on. Hey, I was there when you went to the Capitol and you had your oh, yeah. Liberate Idaho you rally. Sure yes, you were vigil on the May 1st, and we were out... The governor had lifted his stay-at-home order, and yeah. that was the first place I went. Wow. That, was that was to fantastic. see you guys. Yeah. Wow. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. respect. This show's brought to you by New St. Andrews College, or at least we're bringing it to you from New St. Andrews College. <laughs> it's, uh, it exists to graduate leaders who shape culture living faithfully under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We need a lot of them. New St. Andrews College utilizes a classical and Christian paradigm for higher learning, emphasizing wisdom and truth more than pragmatism integration and beauty more than specialization and service and goodness more than power. This mm. is, this is their, they, they draw off the Christian heritage, stressing truth, beauty, and goodness, emphasizing Typology. small classes, rigorous discussion of classical <laughs> and biblical languages, history, music, theology, philosophy, literature. Maybe you've seen some of their recent, God right there. Mm. <laughs> maybe you've seen some of the recent ads. Uh, yes. On, yes. On Black lives matter yeah. on, um, Knowing the difference between boys and girls, I mean, yeah. it's kind of a, a big deal these Bathroom days. It's to preserve its simple. religious freedom, New St. Andrews does not participate in any federal student aid programs. They take no money from the government mm. so that there are no strings attached to them. New St. Andrews College. Hallelujah. Gold. Mm. Hallelujah. Good. <laughs> hallelujah. Mm. Primary objective is to educate young Christian men and women broadly and deeply in the liberal arts from a distinctively Christian reformed perspective to equip them for lives of faithful service to the triune God. Go to nsa.edu if you'd like to find out. That's really orange. <laughs> did, they approve, did the marketing over NSA approve this? No. <laughs> okay. No. Did, did Neil approve this? No. No, Neil no. didn't approve this. Did Neil. Jordan approve this? No, he didn't even approve this. Yeah. Oh, Man, okay, thank what are you. we doing? All right, that's does, enough Does the St. Andrews College have any Celtic or Scottish heritage? It looks like a, yes. like a Celtic knot. Back there it is there. named Logo. after Andrew. old St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. St. Andrews College was an old uh, Presbyterian uh, mm-hmm. Reformation uh, center of, uh, of Reformation in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, they kind of drove Scotland. a okay. bunch of the reforms, both um, p- religiously but also politically, yeah. in England and mm-hmm. Scotland for many years. And so this is uh, an attempt to stake out the same ground. Because they believe in freedom. And, yeah, you know, you've seen Braveheart. <laughs> She's ready for this show. <laughs> She's ready for this show. <laughs> ready. Freedom! So, uh, speaking of freedom, 
That was a good. That was a good. You know, turn yeah. turn the corner. We were setting it speaking, up for you. Speaking it was of freedom, a soft toss. Uh, L A. L A. is going crazy. So the 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 judge. So the uh, county has protested John MacArthur's church opening up again multiple times. Don't multiple they have times. something else better to do, like catch bad guys? No, no. Yes, <laughs> you know, people yeah. burning down buildings. Don't they have, like like fires or rolling blackouts or you I'm know thinking whatever. Thinking they should be busy right now, burn, putting out the no. fires that they got. Yeah, right. California looks like a third world country starting to. Well, judge, we're about to understand why. Judge Mitchell Beckloff. Yeah. Shame on you. Sides with public health officials who took legal action last month to enforce health orders against Grace Community Church. They, they're, they're ordered not to meet in person inside Yeah. as of this Sunday. And, and what's, uh, what's MacArthur going to do? All right. Absent an intervention before Sunday, Pastor, what is your plan? Uh, we're going to have church on Sunday. Uh, there is absolutely no reason not to have church as far as safety goes. A statistic, one one hundredth of one percent of Californians have COVID. That's the number. And yet no one in the entire state of California is allowed to go inside a church. Doesn't make sense. Of course, we're under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he says have church, and we're going to have it. Wow. <laughs> well, two things he did there. One, one is he basically quoted the statistic just saying, where's the emergency? Right. De- define define one, the emergency. One one hundredth of a percent? Yep. That's crazy. Define the emergency. Did Secondly, um, he just really, he went back to, he's like, well, the, the bigger reason is Jesus is Lord and the church should worship regardless of right. what the governor says. And that's, right. the, did, that's the bigger reason. Did you guys see Jonathan Lehman's new article coming out in support of John MacArthur? Oh, he came out in support? No. <laughs> no, 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 actually he didn't. You know, one of the things too, oh, just to te- oh. piggy- piggyback on. Man. <laughs> you had you had Toby fooled. You had Toby fooled. You had me I was for a just, we're just Jonathan. We're still waiting to be a good one to write. Just yeah. just a, some yeah. advice. Also, Use some cultural capital, man. The, the, <laughs> now would be a good time. Uh-oh. Your brother's in the. He's firing from the. Yeah. You know. Let's anyway, do it. The, he's in a foxhole fight with your brother. The other thing I was thinking about, and I just want to say this, just a little thing at the end. It's not only John MacArthur's church who is under the um, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So is that judge. Yeah. Yeah, so is right. that governor. Right. So is that mayor. So yeah, is right. everyone in the world. So is the lieutenant governor of Idaho. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> is. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, don't for, we, we can't forget that everyone is actually under the authority of Lord Jesus, yeah. uh, Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's why we can appeal right. <laughs> to the laws and, and the standards. And that's right? why we can also say that judge is wrong. That judge is wrong. And it's, right. and, and it's wrong constitutionally, sure, but it's also wrong because he's going against the Lord Jesus. Yeah, you can't forget. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, is what Jesus said. Go and make disciples, baptizing and all authority is given to Jesus Christ. Well, I like the, the there's some issues I have coming up with the lawyer's question here. What? The lawyer's answer. Okay, this is from the judge's order. He says county health court, uh, the county health order does not discriminate on its face. Limited religious worship uh, only because it appeals to events and gatherings, regardless of their purpose, the county health order allows worship to occur outdoors, virtually through the internet in any manner that's not indoors with a large gathering or people. Essentially, they're the judge uh, saying, Jenna, that it's not targeted at religion. We're not allowing bars and other places for people to gather in large groups. Which we everybody uh, likes. It's not slaves. just about targeting churches. How do you respond? 
Well, it certainly is targeting churches because we don't see these types of restrictions and enforcement against large protests and other political statements that the county uh, has actually lauded on their own Twitter and encouraged participation. And it's certainly also discriminatory enforcement uh, here. And uh, the ruling didn't really even consider a lot of the meritorious constitutional arguments that we claimed. But the bottom line here, Shannon, is that when uh, the government is allowed this type of broad and arbitrary, unlimited, indefinite power, then our rights mm. become mere privileges. And for the judge to characterize this as simply as the county allowing these types of worship services, that's not for the county to decide. That's why our founders put free exercise of religion as a fundamentally constitutionally protected right. So we're going to stand up for Pastor John MacArthur and Grace Community Church because he's absolutely right. He gets to hold church. Now, I want to know what you're going to disagree with because I would not want to go to war with her. No, no. So uh, my problem is not really a problem, but it's a problem. You want to go to war? You know, so basically. I want to go to she, war because we could go to war. She gives. I'm for real. Uh, I'm, I'm for real. real. <laughs> you trying to say something? Say? I'll, let, I'll let Keel finish. No, is that Peel or Keel? Uh, that doesn't matter. What are you going to say? Keel, what's your deal? Uh, so so um, she kind of gives credence or gives credit to the argument that the church is like a protest. You know, she's saying basically there's partiality there. They're letting protest happen, but it they is won't a protest. let the church happen. Well, yeah, no, I agree on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what's your problem? But I want to pull the, the Trump card. Can I pull the Trump card? I want to pull the Trump card and said, you know, Congress shall make no law. Right. Right. They gave the church. Right. You know, they well, didn't give the church. The, 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 first but, the, the First Amendment includes not only not establishing a religion. Yep. It also includes the right to peaceably assemble. Right. So, I mean, it's all it's all included constitutionally. Right. Although, of course, in terms of back to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, what's more a more important fundamental thing? Right. Gathering for worship. Yeah. Absolutely. But when we gather for worship, we're protesting and, all sin and evil. And Gabe, yeah, one of the right. reasons why that's that right. argument, and this is a set, and I, I agree with you. I understand where you're going with this. But one of the reasons why those arguments don't work is because the erosion is so far back. We've eroded so far from that that we have yeah. to argue like, okay, we can't even get that argument anymore. That is almost gone. Yeah, right. Right. We can't argue from that anymore. So now we got to argue, well, hey, if they get a chance to riot and tear up the city, can we riot and not tear up the city? That's <laughs> right. how we have to argue because right. all those principles yeah. Are, yeah. are so far eroded. We've, we forgot them. You can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. Janice, if well, this was happening in you, your state, what would you do? Uh, they... Uh, we would not have those orders in this in this state. But we did. To begin with. But going farther back than our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence, you've got to look at what what was it that brought people to America, the, the shores of America mm -hmm. in the first place. Yes, and that was they were escaping religious persecution from <laughs> where they came from. Right. They came Regulations to the shores on how of to America. worship to escape religious persecution. Right. That's what America is all about. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where that that's where it all started. In fact, many of those pastors that fled that were kicked out of their pulpits in England fled because they were being told what they had to wear. Right. In worship. Yeah. Well, that's funny because you know, like like, you know, like masks. I don't know. I'm just saying. What's going on in New York, Gabe? Well, in New York, they're right now they're doing a $50 fine for anybody who doesn't wear a face mask on the subway. And, and uh, I got a Governor Cuomo. Uh, why is my mouse not working? Why can't you go go next slide? All of a Andrew there Cuomo, did you get it? Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. So um, Andrew Cuomo tweets this out. He says, "Masks are required on all metro subways and buses. No rider has the right to endanger fellow riders by putting themselves above the law and refusing to wear a mask." I guess he believes masks work. The vast majority of people are complying, and I thank them for the handful who refuse. There will be a new fifty dollar 
fine. Yeah. Well, actually, no governor has the right to um, put themselves above the law. Yeah, I mean, you need no, to submit to the law too, right? And, right. I mean, and and no and no governor gets the right to just make stuff up. What do you, what do you mean above the law? At the make same, that connection. At the same time that they're calling for defunding the the police, well, as you can yeah. see, they're not always the sharpest tools in the shed. Ooh, <laughs> message, message. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm talking about the law. I mean, you can, the the law is that you 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 do not get the right to enforce. Something on somebody. Yeah, you can't you can't legislate someone's face. You can't legislate someone's face, right? right. And, uh, and and especially when the science is so um, all over the map. That's right. On on what and don't start talking about the thing you talk about. There's ladies present now <laughs> about masks about how masks don't work. Yeah, don't, no, 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 don't give the example. I'm not going to do it. Watch Wednesday show. No, but it's um, but it's th- th- he's um, he's legislating things that are illegal. That's right. This That's is right. illegal. That's right. To to say that you have to do this. Um, is illegal to Kerry require Gordon. someone to wear a clo- piece yeah. of clothing. Is what yeah. you're saying. Kerry Gordon talked about yeah. that too. It's like you know everyone talks about Romans 13, but the the real point is that everyone is supposed to submit to God's word. Everyone's supposed to submit to the law, and these are the people who are not acting like that they're yeah. submitting to. The they're law. not. But submitting. this is me. And Sh- so last night I was going through this, and we were going through the stories, and Sharon heard me read this tweet because I was, and she's like, "Wait a second, so you can actually dismember a human being." Into multiple pieces, throw them inside of a trash bag and put them in the back. That's healthy. No fines. Women's healthcare. No fines. No Women's fines. Healthcare. But then wearing a mask in the subway. Yeah. Fines. Yeah. She's like, right. it's crazy. There in, were a hundred and thirty thousand black babies, just black babies, that were dead. Just that's it. One hundred thirty thousand that, that were killed, uh-huh. and one hundred eighteen thousand that were born. Wow, that's in, that's, in New York. In New York, yeah, just New a, York. Yeah. Wow, more babies are aborted so, than born in New York. And he's concerned yeah. about life. Right. He's concerned no. about masks. No, I don't believe him for one second. No, no. In fact, those not only there's no fines, but they're actually funded. They're funded and supported tax and encouraged. Dollars. Tax dollars. It's paying for it. It's the complete opposite of Romans 13. Right. And if punish evil, reward good. And right? if you don't pay your taxes to help support. The murder, the murder of the unborn, yeah. then you're going to get in big trouble. That's yeah. right. Shame on you. This is worse. Well, this is, uh, so uh, David Bonson, um, before I move to the next uh, topic well, that's connected, but David Bonson tweeted this out. He said, millions of people have taught politicians that if you want to impose Orwellian statist oppression, all you have to do is medicalize it. So the play is the government says, I'm for your health. Right. I'm for you. I'm for keeping you alive. I'm this, for helping you. This is a health crisis. It's a health crisis. Well, we, we talked about this when there what was the guy who pulled down the Stonewall Jackson statue. That was the mayor of Richmond. Mayor of Richmond pulls down the Stonewall Jackson statue because it was a health, a public, health a, a public health menace. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I forget Danger. the actual terminology, but yeah. Was, a statue is a public health. He used the public emergency orders during yeah. the COVID right. to take down Stonewall Jackson. Right. And so I've said, we've said this before, but that means if they can use the public health orders, public crisis, you know, health crisis, crisis that they have access to, to pull down to, a statue, to pull down a statue, they can tell you to wear a condom. They can tell you to, you know, do this. They can tell you to do that. They can, they can evict can you, you from to, a building. Yeah. I mean, exactly. they, they this can, is, you, this is insane. This is the very definitions of straining a gnat. Oh yeah. Because well, well, yeah, swallowing camels, swallowing camels. You mean to tell if, if, I mean, just if police had killed 130,000 black people, mm. Right, right. But that's not it's even. Not, it's not even close. It's not even. It's not, not even close. It's, it's less. Th- are you? It's, I'm so upset right now. Not even close. <laughs> right. Not even close. Right. I mean, what, what was it? Seventeen. Well, these, these seventeen. <laughs> seventeen last year. Last year, last year these, seventeen these, black men were killed by police that and they didn't have weapons. And, and, these and, riots yeah. have killed more black people. Yeah. Than police than, officers. Than police over, officers over thirty. Over and, thirty and people. We, have and died we want to completely defund the police and completely restructure it and change it, while. 
The majority of has, little black babies are getting slaughtered. We, has, we can't touch Stonewall Jackson's has, statue. Right. We can't even look right, at it. Shame right, on us. Right. Stonewall Jackson, I don't even know all his stances. But let's say he, he ain't was, got them numbers. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a he's benevolent, he's kind, he's gracious compared to New York City's governor. <laughs> I was I was reading a, wow. a, a, a read, I'm, I'm sorry, Gabe, I'm just that talking hurts. right now. But I was reading no. a book. You have to go read uh, Blood and Skin and Blood, I think, by Doug Wilson. Mm. You have to go read it. It's his book on race. It's absolutely fabulous. But one of the things he said in there, he's like, you have a if you really had to think about where you want to be born in the world right now, would you rather be born in 1850 or? In Chicago, 2020. As a black man? As a black man. Yeah. As a black man. And I would say, when you want to be born in New York, where you probably have 60 to 70% chance you won't be born at all. Right, yeah. Or in 1850. That's that's the contrast. Honestly, what's your chances? You got to flip a coin. Where do you want to go? 1850. 1850. Because you won't make it. You won't even... You probably won't be the 40% that probably gets a chance to live. Well, and you'll be free in in 15 years, too. 1850. You, <laughs> right? like, Your fight will be a lot better <laughs> yeah. for life. Oh, exactly. That's for sure. That's where we're at. Okay. Did you guys see right. that 300, it's up 300% of the number of people pulling their kids out of Texas public schools to homeschool them? That's it. It's, <laughs> hey, That's a lot. We're just trying to fan the flame okay, I'm, here. I'm, you're right. You're right. Come you're on. Right, we're right. we're I'm, fanning I'm, the flame. Let me give a stat and I got a question for Janice here. Um, so uh, the stat last year, about 104, about 1,000 Kids were pulled out of public school last year in Texas uh, at this time um, in 2019 last year. Okay. It's now uh, this year at this time is 4,055 yeah. that have pulled out um, this last year. Uh, one of the things that I've been thinking through is, um, with the Republican Party is we have to have a better solution for how to deal with public schools. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I, I don't think if the Republican Party doesn't have a good policy on how to deal with mm-hmm. public schools, it's we're just funding a losing battle because the public school system is just training kids to vote against conservatives when they get That's older. That's right. Before we move into that, I want to make one quick Please. comment about the New York situation. My husband Jimmy and I walk together in the mornings. We watch it's the Squawk Box, and you know you keep track Cost of politics. the financials. And, yeah. <laughs> 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 but just yesterday in New York City, there were uh, about 150 top corporate CEOs that wrote together, signed a letter of no confidence to oh, really? Mayor de Blasio yeah. and the way, you know, he's handling the situation, defund- calling for defunding the police and then keeping businesses shut down. Right. New York is is such a mess right now. But then, right, of course, and I'm, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a Republican, but <gasps> right after that letter was re- released, a letter of no confidence by top CEOs in America, there's a picture of uh, Joe Biden sitting right next to de Blasio, and they're both sitting there with their masks on. I, yeah. If I'd be in a Republican, I think that'd be a great uh, campaign ad for our president. Oh. Hey, yeah, there you no, go. For real. Yeah. Well, and, um, and even the police union um, came out and endorsed, endorsed the New York police union, yep. endorsed Trump. Yep. I mean, that's telling you quite a bit right there. Yeah. So, to education. Yes. That's a great topic to discuss. The members, there was a working com- group committee of legislators that discussed the opportunity for presenting different ideas of, for choice and supporting parents in education because I also view this as a, a great opportunity for mm-hmm. what we're experiencing right now. If we're, if we're not, you know, if, if our kids are not in the classroom face-to-face for what we're paying for through our property tax and our, our income tax and sales tax – then we need to be looking at different ideas of how to provide this critical 
function for our kids is teaching them. And, and so I think it's a great opportunity to introduce some new ideas to give more more choice to parents. In California, this is the idea of learning pods is spreading like wildfire. It's not What's a learning a new pod? I- well, where the parents will pool their money together mm-hmm. and hire a teacher to tutor their kids. Okay. And it could okay. be there could be 10 kids in the yep. in the group or 15 or 20. Yep. It's just a matter of the parents pooling their money to hire that teacher. Yep. So they're they are doing it with money uh, above what I was going to ask, are, are, are they getting their taxes yeah. back yet? No, but <laughs> there's no reason why we couldn't be looking at that as a solution here in Idaho. Yeah. To to if the again if we're not getting what we're paying for in the the brick and mortar classroom, then what we should be looking at different ideas to give parents this opportunity and this choice. And I th- I see it as a win win because the the teachers can if you took if, if we if we gave four thousand dollars for child, let the money follow the child, mm-hmm. $4,000 for each child. If uh, if there were 20, 15 students in the classroom, let's let's make it 10 because that's easier calculation. Easier numbers. Um, 40, the, the teacher could earn $40,000 right, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd have 10 students in their classroom. They'd, be, they'd have more money. They'd have fewer students and more freedom and flexibility to be able to just teach mm-hmm. and not do what we expect more and more from our teachers in the classroom would be parent and social mentor and do all the things that are happening in our public school classrooms. That assumes that parents are actually better at at running the education of their kids than the state. Well, we and I, it Which, assumes our governor's going to get an ear to it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk, okay, we're going to have more with you on the third segment. Right now, we're going to get ready for the Denim Brothers. Benham Boys. The Benham. 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 Well, there's only one of them, so I got mixed up. Yeah, the Benham Boys. Benham. I don't know. Which, yeah. one was, Benham. which one was crying? I can't remember the, which one. One of them was Jason. sucking his song. Jason was sucking his song. You don't want to miss this interview. Coming up next <laughs> with David Benham. And Kirk Cameron. <laughs> we kind of made his way in there. Kind of, yeah. made his way in there. Kirk made it in there. So in 2016, we found out that our youngest son, Asher, had cancer. And I will just never forget crying in the lobby of the hospital on the phone with the Samaritan Ministries person on the other end who was, you know, who ended the call saying, let's just pray about this. When it does hit you and you really wonder what's going to happen, it worked. It continues to be affordable, it works, and it pays the bills. You know? No, it's not. It's not a Texas interview. That yeah, is. I gotta do it. Nobody's in Texas, Gabe. It's true. No one's in Texas. <laughs> Why? No well, one from te- Texas. Because no you, one's in Texas. You can leave Texas, but it's really hard to get Texas out of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, hey, David. Welcome we get back. That out of you. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Be quiet. We're trying to do a show. <laughs> trying to. Trying to. Welcome back. We are very grateful to have with us on the line right now one of the Benham twins. David. I'm, I'm going to go. Jason. We're going to go with David, although. <laughs> we wouldn't know. It could be Jason. The bio that I was given is all in plural, so I'm just going to refer to David as they the whole time. <laughs> are you sure he identifies as that? <laughs> it's, his pro- hey, it's his pronoun. Is that your okay. pronoun, David? <laughs> hey, I identify as that for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> they are former professional baseball players, nationally acclaimed entrepreneurs, best selling authors. Uh, they uh, started a company that grew to 100 mm-hmm. offices in 35 states, wow. mm-hmm. catapulted them to national stage, topping charts mm-hmm. like Inc. Magazine's fastest growing companies, franchise 
500s, top new franchises. The list goes on. That's a good list to be on. Their success eventually lands them on a reality show with HGTV in 2014. Not for long, though. Not for long. Which was abruptly canceled uh, when people found out that they loved Jesus. Since that time, (laughs) David and Jason have started dozens of businesses, written several books, launched an online coaching series called Expert Ownership, where they train people how to serve God and thrive in business. They're happily happily married. They are happily married. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And they live on a street in Charlotte, North Carolina, apparently the same street, and uh, have nine Kids, they look. Wait, okay, you know, I, I just. <laughs> they, they this, have, is, this is getting weird. This bio uh, keeps going. David, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Hey, thanks, man. That's the best bio I've ever had. Read, man, <laughs> we we try. So you got canceled before it was cool to get canceled. That's right. And I'm sure we were, we were part of cancel culture. Yeah. Uh oh. We we before. I, not sure our audience knows your story. So. Just briefly, I know you've told it billions of times. Get us there. How, how did you get canceled off HGTV? Yeah, it was cancel culture and uh, fake news before fake news and cancel culture worked hand in hand. And anybody right. even wow. knew about it. Right. Uh, Jason and I, you know, we, we after at the height of our business uh, with 100 offices in 35 states, HG comes to us. And TLC also came to us and both offered us reality shows. Yeah, uh, we, we were negotiating with TLC long before uh, HGTV. And then finally HGTV, they had just signed Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yep. And uh, they hadn't even piloted them yet. And they said, listen, we want family-friendly uh, type of, of networking, of, 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 of productions on our network. And so what we're going to do is bring both of your families and raise you to the top of the network. So we decided to sign with HG. We said, but do you know about us? You might want to do some research. Our dad is a pro-life veteran. Jason and I are very vocal about marriage. And here's what's interesting, and I want you to hold on to this. The people at HGTV said, we believe like you guys do, most of us do. Hmm. We just don't talk about it. So that's the thing. You can talk, you can believe anything you want in today's America, but once you start talking about what you believe, if it doesn't fit the narrative, now you're in trouble. So HG says, listen, we think that this is going to be a big show. They threw a bunch of money at us. Then they start running commercials and we're five weeks into a 10 week film shoot. And that's when the, the activist groups out of California started circling the wagons around HGTV. Wow. They knew they were going to get me and Jason to bow. They wanted us. They were like, man, you hate women. You hate gays. You hate Muslims. Nothing can be further from the truth. Right. But that's what they said. And, and HGTV, behind closed doors, they kept calling us. We had executive calls with them consistently. And they're like, guys, we're staying with you. Don't worry about it. You guys, this is just a narrative. And we're like, they're not going to go away. You guys just buckle up for the fight. And uh, and then when they started talking about going to the advertisers and all this stuff, that's when HGTV pulled the plug on the show. Wow. And I had to pull. I had to jerk the thumb out of Jason's mouth and get him out of the fetal position when they make the phone call. So oh, I was like, you got, you got I was like, listen, we were born for a fight, man. And, and we're, that, that's why Jason didn't come on the show today. He, he exactly he, right. So we definitely, he he is. we definitely know this one is David. <laughs> we, got him. Uh, got him. Was saying, anyway. now, now, did I hear that you were recently involved in some kind of pro-life thing? That, that yeah. You got arrested? Kind, you got arrested. Got, did you get arrested yeah. or something? Yeah, I got arrested. My brother sitting at the pool sipping lemonade. And I heard... <laughs> That down the road, you know, we have a pro-life ministry. Yeah. We've had it for 10 years. It's a federally recognized nonprofit, 501c3. 5,000 mothers have chosen life. And then what we do is we don't just say, hey, we're against abortion. We are for life. 
So we help them with prenatal visits. We help them mm. with housing and assistance ministries. We help them with abuse awesome. recovery. We, we help them with baby showers, the whole nine yards. So we're doing a lot of stuff. Anyway, so when this whole COVID thing broke out, and they said that abortion clinics and liquor stores and casinos could be open. Mm. We were we we said, listen, I, we are a five hundred one c three nonprofit ministry, and we're giving life essential organ uh, essential help to these mothers. So what we did was we put three sidewalk counselors out at our busiest lo- our liz- busiest abortion clinic in Charlotte. Been there for ten years. Mm. We were socially distanced. We had hand sanitizer. We were doing everything we were supposed to do, and then the police showed up about 15 of them and they were about to start making arrests. And so I was just sipping coffee one Saturday morning. I get a phone call from our attorney and I rushed down there and, uh, and they said, Mr. Benham, you're leading a, what they called a protest. They said, you're leading a protest of more than 10 people. And I was like, you first of all, you're lying. Now let me pause. 10 days later was the first big BLM protest right. and they can wear, they don't have to wear masks. They can right. do anything they want. Had I showed up with a baseball bat and a Molotov cocktail, they might have been okay with it. If I would have, if I would have started Seriously. hitting the cop car, yeah. If I would have started hitting the cop car, calling them pigs, maybe they would have said I was a peaceful protester. But whatever. Yeah. So they told me, no, you can't be here. And I said, first of all, I'm not leading a protest. Second of all, I'm the chairman of a board of a 501c3. Third of all, we are my sidewalk counselors. There are three of them over there. They are socially distanced. They are. Um, it, it, within their rights as an essential organization to be here. And they said, sir, if you do not leave, we will arrest you. And I knew at that moment, I am not leaving. Yeah. I'm drawing a sand. So they arrested me. Wow. What, what's, are, you, uh, are you challenging that in court or anything like that? I am suing the socks off of them. There you go. I'm buggy whipping them with a backhand. I'm not even giving them my open hand. We're going backhand. <laughs> you know, this has, so, this is, go ahead. I was just going to say that, that the city of Charlotte had an opportunity. We gave them an opportunity to apologize. We gave them an opportunity to drop the charges for unlawful arrest and unlawful imprisonment because they put me in jail. Wow. They didn't have a right to. Yeah. And so they were using this whole COVID thing, and it was uh, it. was they're dead wrong. They know it. So uh, I've got the Alliance Defending Freedom uh, in my corner. They're my Mick. You yeah. know, we're in, the, yep. we're in the ring with mm-hmm. them, and the uh, city of Charlotte won't back off. And unfortunately, it's going to be an egg in their face. And I don't want it to be. I love my city. But if they're going to be pushing us around at the same time, allowing all of these other yeah. protests through our city, they're throwing smoke bombs. They're painting the murals. Right. They're pushing out windows to our businesses. Are they making arrests? No. If they do make the arrest, they the D, the uh, attorney lets them off immediately. Yep. Wow. But they're going to throw a guy like me in jail when I'm creating jobs, expanding the tax base. Tax- Tax base and paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in property taxes to my city. Wow, wow. This is not. Yeah. This is, this is, you know, it's funny because I'm hearing you talk and I'm thinking, okay, this is somebody who used to be an athlete, played professional sports, now has a business in real estate, um, pro life ministry. And yet it's the kind of tone I feel like I should be hearing from our pastors. Ooh. Yeah. Brother, listen, I'm telling you, our pastors are drunk with three things, Uh their income, their image, and their influence. And when you're, when, when, when people liking you affects your income, your image, and your influence, then you're going to be a godless coward and you're not going to take a stand. You know what? When I read Mark chapter eight and Jesus says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. If anyone wants to lose or save his life, he'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake in the gospel, you'll surely find it. And then he goes on and says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, 
Mm. In this sinful and adulterous generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes with his holy angels in his Father's glory. Mm. This is so important for us to say, listen, don't be so full of yourself, pastor. You big congregation and your Twitter following and you look really cool. You spend more time accessorizing yourself than expositing the word of God. Oh. You got to get on your face and repent. Wow. Because I tell you, the condition of the nation is where we are because of the church of Amen. Jesus Christ. But David, and there, there's a fog David, in the pulpit. There's a mist in the pew. Are you being, but is, are you being a good witness, a you're good so testimony? Mean. You're so mean. Aren't you being mean? Listen. Listen, those who don't know Jesus Christ love the message of the gospel if God has given them eyes to see. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are saved, it is the power of God. Wow. The thing is, is that when I speak forcefully, it's at the people of God, specifically the shepherds. Yeah. They call themselves shepherds. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, the true shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Mm. And when a shepherd, a supposed shepherd, sees a wolf coming and runs, and the wolf scatters and devours the flock, he is not a shepherd, he's a hireling. And I mm. believe my message is hard at the hirelings of this country, mm. at the hireling shepherds. I'm going to put a small S there. They think they're shepherds. They're not shepherds. You know what they are? They're life coaches. They're CEOs. That's right. They're entrepreneurs. They misplace their convictions thinking that they somehow need to be behind a pulpit. And what they've done is they've taken Madison Avenue, Hollywood, and Wall Street and brought it into the church of Jesus Christ. They need to retire. They need to repent, retire, and go get into business, and I'll help them grow their business. <laughs> no. I'm not to sit here and lead the church. Wow. wow. <laughs> this you, is not the David I remember in high school when I was beating you in basketball and taking your cheerleaders out after the game. You know, this is, this is a different David. You made me this man because I'd sit over in the corner sucking my thumb. But I'm not knowing what I'm supposed to do. Sitting up there being like Jason. Jason still got his thumb in his mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness! And and I mean, I'm I'm assuming like you're applying this. I mean, we've been talking about this whole COVID thing for the last number of months. And I mean, apart from John MacArthur and maybe a couple of other guys, yeah. I mean, are there any dudes left who are pastoring Great. churches? Mm. Have you seen Greg Locke in Tennessee? I haven't that heard about him. Listen, there's a lot of, for, for every one celebrity hotshot pastor that's full of himself, there's about a thousand uh, biblical shepherds yeah. that ain't nobody know about. And, and here's what's happened today. And, and I hate to get on the soapbox here, but I'm telling you, this whole social media thing, here's what happens. We have fools that have megaphones. Mm. And when the men of God that have walked faithfully with their wives, they've raised godly kids. And I'm not saying they all have to be perfect. My kids aren't perfect. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm just saying those, the men that have been there, done that, got some wrinkles in their eyes. They've failed a lot, but then they've gotten things right and they've got some gray hair. They deserve to be heard, yeah. but they're not the ones being heard now. It's the ones who know how to manipulate their marketing package. They know how to facilitate a really cool, sexy webinar or they know how to, you know, put on the lights and the camera and the fog machines. And I like all that stuff, but I'm just saying that's what they put their their hope in. And they build this huge platform. Mm. So that's what we hear. And so when people, you know, are saying, man, I sure wish I was like a Hollywood celebrity preacher and all this other stuff. That's nonsense. But for every one of those guys, there's a thousand that nobody knows about that are in the trenches. And it's those dudes that I pray, I've been praying hard when we're praying for revival and an awakening in this nation. Right. I've been praying specifically 
that God would take the, as the Apostle Paul said, you have many teachers, but few fathers. Mm. Take all these supposed teachers, all these influencers, all these Instagram sensation celebrity preachers, get them off and mm. bring the fathers mm-hmm. in. Let these dads come in because dads aren't going to let their daughters sit there and become a social experiment to transgender the transgender radical left agenda. The dads are not going to sit there and identify with a son that's confused about his gender or confused Mm. about his sexuality. No, what a dad does is he said, this is what's true. Even if it's not popular, this is what's true. This is what's going to lead to flourishing. And this is the way God created you. And I'm going to walk alongside you. That's what dads do. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) In in such a hostile environment, I know a lot of what you're focusing on right now is people in business, Christians in business. So, I mean, I know you got packages out there but you know the 32nd version of what's your advice to christians starting businesses in business maybe they're working for apple or amazon in very hostile environments i mean how do you be a faithful christian in this world especially with COVID right now too yeah 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 number one i mean i would always say shine the light and here's what i mean i don't mean just generic i'm gonna make it very practical when you shine the light you do two things number one matthew 5 16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You better be good at what you do. You better mm. hit. That, you better hit those deadlines. Hey, listen, if you're a hairstylist or whatever, I mean, you better do it well. Do to Make do. Your- best you can. It's not just talents and abilities, but it's skills. That skills is on you. Talent and ability is on God. Right. Make yourself skilled. Become an artisan. Become a master of the craft. Jesus was called the carpenter. The word the, the carpenter in the Greek is tekton, which meant master of the craft. In other words, he wasn't some slob. So when we work in the marketplace, we got to be excellent at what we do, the way that we manage our money, even then outside the marketplace in your own personal life, the way you speak to your wife, the way you tip at the restaurant, how you handle the people at the grocery store, you know, these types of things that's shining your light that has to come first. Now, second, when you shine the light of the truth of the gospel, it also upsets the world. John chapter three says, let your, um, and darkness hated the light mm. because the light exposed that its deeds were evil. Mm-hmm. So we That's live right. in a time when the culture is demanding that we darken our light, right? Yeah. It's demanding that you darken that light. And if you don't darken that light, then they're going to bully and intimidate you to try to get you off of whatever it is that you're in, out, whether it's out of your job or off the reality show. We do not darken the light. We don't dim it. We don't darken it. We don't turn the light off at all. We shine the light with good works in the marketplace, and we shine the light with God's truth and spoken in love, especially speaking his truth whenever the, the something from the devil or some other agenda comes and sets itself against the knowledge of God. Mm. Wow. Uh, you know, David, I was, it's sad because I thought that uh, maybe Jason was going to be here. My cousin, actually, I was talking to him, and you guys know each other. You might not know, but he actually had a message for you guys when I told him you were going to be on the show. Oh, Hey, Jason. Hey, David. You know, I know you guys. You probably had your workout recently, maybe this morning, and you probably want to brag about your wad and how many burpees you did and what your time was. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to punch you so hard. I'm going to knock your teeth so far down your throat, you're going to have to unzip your pants to chew your food. I can't wait to see you. 
Listen, let me tell you something. Kirk Cameron will get my elbow in his chest so fast. That was Kirk Cameron. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just want to know what did y'all do to make show me that smile again turn into that. <laughs> We hosted we hosted the National Bible Bee with Kirk, and he looked like a vomitous mass in his T-shirt. And we were like, Kirk, listen, man, we gotta we gotta beefcake you up. Meet us at the gym at the hotel gym first thing in the morning. And so the next morning, he met us, and we just did a twelve minute Tabata workout. And the dude about puke. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, I, I have a feeling it's not over yet, David. What else are you guys doing, and and how can we follow you and keep up with what you guys got going on? Well, we you know we've developed the Expert Ownership Live event that's uh, October twenty first. ExpertOwnershipLive.com. We've got John Maxwell, Duck Commander, Otterbox, John Bevere, Michael Junior. People, we're, we're getting folks on talking about how can we not only as believers, but just as Americans, be the best in business that we can possibly be, yeah, even in the midst amen. of COVID, even in the midst of riots, even in the midst of all this other stuff. So we're going to be hitting on all of that, talking about work-life balance and talking about managing our money and all these things. That's really what we're doing right now. And then we're really traveling the country and we're speaking not only to believers, but just Americans in general. Yeah. There are things that are worth fighting for. Yeah. And you can sit quietly and you can sit back and be as comfortable as possible. But in a year or two or three, things are going to change if we don't step in. Mm. So for the sake of our country and for the sake of our God, we need to be a voice for truth. Mm. Got a website for me? Benhambrothers.com, B-E-N-H-A-M, Benhambrothers.com or ExpertOwnership.com, both mm. of them. Wow. Man. I can't wait to get on and tell Kirk that uh... – that message went over really well. <laughs> hey, David, thank you for joining us. Tell Jason salute, and we're grateful for you guys stop, out there. Stop crying, Jason. Yeah, stop, stop crying. Stop. Come on, Jason. It's going to be okay. Mouth. <laughs> More cross politic when we come back. David, you stay right there. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations, we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. I like, I like those boys. Man. I, we did, to be, to be fair, we, we did play back in high school. We played against each other. In Dallas, uh, Texas. They really? went to Garland Christian. I went to Lakewood Presbyterian School. You man. played ball, huh? And man, David was ball. David yeah. was fire, dude. Yeah. Man, he was not holding back. That was good. Dude. That was good. We need uh, more guys. And, and like I do that. remember him sucking his thumb after the game when he played play Monday. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Thanks for joining us on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. With us in studio today, we're so grateful to have the Lieutenant Governor. Of Idaho, Idaho, Janice McGeehan. Thank you for joining us again. Thanks for yeah. being. Thanks for not running off in the middle of this <laughs> last segment. <laughs> no, uh, appreciate you very much. And uh, um, we have uh, we, we want to we, man. We got to dig into Idaho, but no. first, the first. We have always said that the Republicans and the president do not understand the gravity of the situation, and every time we meet with them, it is reinforced. Uh, we want to we want to reach an agreement. For the American people, for our children and their education. So this this video is their their um, it's a press conference after 
the Democrats voted to turn down the last stimulus bill what? That, uh, this week. Wait, wait, wait. Democrats so, turning down money? Democrats turned down the, the stimulus yeah. bill. Wait, 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 the wait. COVID, COVID it stimulus It was too bill. much money. Republicans are pushing money. Yeah, yeah Republicans okay. are trying to spend oh our grandchildren's goodness. money. But, but here's the deal. This is the second time they did that. Back in July, the Republicans proposed a trillion dollar, trillion dollar bill. And and the Democrats turned that down, and so the Republicans stripped it down <laughs> to a couple hundred billion, three hundred billion. And here's here's what here's the kicker. Here's here's what killed the bill for the Democrats. Um, let me get to my notes here. <laughs> I feel like right now I'm in a place where I got to choose if I want to be eaten by an alligator or a shark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one's yeah. going to be more painful. The one that's slower. <laughs> right. I feel like I could, might be able to outrun an alligator on land. Right. I don't want to meet him in water. You stare at the shark. Yeah. You stare at him. Yeah. That's yeah. what you do. That's right. Me and you. That's so, what I learned. So this is why the Democrats voted it down. It was because they, they call it, the, there's two poison pills in the bill. One was, um, to your point, um, actually uh, funding for students to attend private schools. That was one of the reasons. That was one there of wasn't those. enough money in there? Because no, no, no. there was money. Because no, there was money that was going to go to school twice, basically. Oh yeah, they can't get yep. their kids away. Yep, and the, and then the lawsuit, uh, the bill also was shielding businesses from COVID lawsuits. So if a customer came into your business, got the got the coronavirus. Are you serious? Um, yeah. They so they 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 identified those two things as the reason why they killed the bill specifically. Okay. Okay, I think well, isn't in this clip too that Nancy was talking about the fact there was enough money for rent, there was enough money for food, yep. maybe a little money, but not a whole lot of money for yep. all the other things that they want to make sure that. And, and 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 it's interesting because in some senses, she's right because if you're the one who's causing and telling me I can't go to work, if you're the one who's stopping and shutting down my economy from functioning and operating because economy echo house law, right? I'm the one who's supposed to be it's mm-hmm. my responsibility. But you've interfered with that. Right. Then in some sense you kind of owe a form of restitution. Right? And so that's it, it, but they don't have to be the ones interfering with you going to work. They don't have that Right. right, right. You could just say everybody I'm go to work. Going to work, like so, Nancy Pelosi went and got a her did. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> her, her what? Her, her hire did. Her. So, uh, Lieutenant Governor, one of the problems that I've had in in all this is kind of the perverse incentive of the decision that politicians had before them. So, for example, our mayor on March 25th shut down the city of Moscow the same day uh, Governor Little shut down the state. A few hours yeah. beforehand. Yeah, a few hours beforehand. Um, so Bill, Bill Lambert was first. And what he did was is he shut down the businesses and basically said, you are not allowed to provide for your families right now. And, and so he looks like he's taking care of everyone's health while at the same time ruining your business. He gets to take credit for saving your life. And as soon as you do. And doesn't have to take any credit for the 3,000 jobs that were lost in Lake Talk County for all this. That's and a very perverse incentive. It, but the perverse incentive, though, is even worse because it's – and if you declare it an emergency, now you can tap into the emergency funding yep. right. that's pouring in from the, from fed, either the, the feds. Either the feds. If there's an emergency, yeah. then you can hook your hose up to the emergency yeah. funding. That's right. Biology. And mm-hmm. if there's not an emergency, then you know you got to unhook your hose. So, but it's, so there's incentives to get millions of dollars flowing into, the, into town yep. by declaring the emergency. So what you say? Before I answer your question, I have some inside information to share with you. That's why we brought you here. Uh, The real reason why Nancy Pelosi voted against that bill is because it did did not include funding for her $12 a pint ice cream that she was loading up into her freezer. 
What? Ten thousand dollar message? What? Or <laughs> ten thousand dollar freezer? Inside what is information. This stuff? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just remember the decisions that are coming. Who these people? These decisions are coming from. Seriously. That's yes. right. Well, that's more perverse incentive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to answer your question yeah. was about the emergency declaration and the kind of the perverse yeah. incentive that that's there before a politician to to look like they're saving lives while destroying your business, your job, and so forth. Well, I. How I do mean, you sort through that? As a, as lieutenant governor, I it's it's no secret across the state that I have uh, taken a different position than our governor mm-hmm. has Does he know? on the issue. <laughs> Just wondering. There, the view I take is that there's no reason why we can't do what we everything we can to protect our frontline workers and uh, protect the elderly mm-hmm. and those that have compromised health conditions yeah. and protect our economy. And those three, the, the, that does not have to be a mutually inclusive yeah. goal. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've taken a position in contrary to the decisions that have been made. And, and I've looked at this very closely and I compared the guidelines and the recommendations that come from the federal government and that they are guidelines, they're recommendations. And the purpose of the guidelines was to protect our critical infrastructure workforce because it's important. We need to make sure our economy goes on. But never, never in the guideline from the federal government did it ever say that uh, all business operation, if you don't fit under this definition of essential or non-essential, that you need to close your doors for operation. That's the difference between the federal guideline and recommendation and the order that the governor issued to the state of I- a statewide order to stay at home, define which businesses are essential, which ones are not essential, mm. and if you're not a if you're an unessential business, then you need to close your doors and cease operations. It's written into the order. Um, there's and then to tell us that we cannot, we can't assemble and gather where we and worship as we see fit. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, strong, very strong difference of of approach there right and it's not just myself that feels that way there, there's people all over the state that share the same sentiment members of our legislature so there was where, where did the category essential and non-essential come from well you know, i it, mean who defined that the, like as i said the, the the trump administration u.s department of homeland security issued some a list and they identified crit they call it critical infrastructure workforce. And it says that we should do all that we can to protect the people that work in those sectors Mm -hmm. to ensure the flow of economic activity in our country. Again, it never did say that if you don't fall into that category, that you should shut your door. So when we when we stop when we talked to you um, back in that I think came it was from Trump. A, a, yeah. Well, well, no, but he didn't actually. Use the, did he use that language of essential or non-essential? No, no, no. He used criti- for most, no, critical. It was critical yeah, infrastructure. I don't th- I don't think he used it. The language is written into the the order mm-hmm. by our that was written so, by our governor. So, okay, so Governor Little is the one that came up with unessential or essential. But essential. a lot of all states all were playing with it. All the states were playing with it. So when we talked to you back in April, you mentioned that you had these differing views. You were you were 
being vocal. You were going to some of the protests. And, and she went to Hardware Brewery. At that yeah, point, yeah. we were, were we kind of in lockdown. We were still in, I don't know what phase we were in, but it was still sort of semi. You've been listening to fake news way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I did not leave the my home community until after the isolation stay home order okay. was lifted on okay. April the 30th. They, they've accused, the media, okay. mainstream media has accused me of of attending all these rallies outside of the government. See, I order, like that. I thought you were more business. rebellious. Well, that's why I went to yours. <laughs> I know. But you didn't go to Hardware Brewery, and they weren't allowed to open on May 1st. So you were at the restaurant, that, and they weren't allowed to open. That part is true, and I admit, yeah. I admit. That's a good move. I readily admit, I was a little parched back then. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hadn't had a beer in a while. And I decided to go up. I was invited to the yeah. uh-huh. Hardware Brewing Company because they, they, they made a decision that they they couldn't. I mean, at that point, we had been five weeks under right. this Holy. isolation order, and right. and businesses when you have zero income coming in, right. it you cannot pay your <laughs> yep, yep. your taxes, your property taxes. You can't pay mm-hmm. your electric bills. I right. mean, people can't survive. So they made a decision that regardless, they were going to open, not because they were being stubborn and mm-hmm. or ornery, but be, it was out of necessity. They were, it was survival, and they invited me to come up there. At the time, I was a bit parched, so I went up there and I had a delicious uh, craft beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. uh, Can I just say, Lieutenant Governor, that was a good move. Yeah, it was. That was, was a very good move. Yeah. It was awesome. It was very good. So when we talked to you, though, so it was, you didn't leave the house until after the, the, the order. But you, you mentioned, remember she was on her phone but you from me- her, at her house. But, but you mentioned um, that you, you, know, you, you saw things differently, and particularly you said you not really heard from Governor Little. That there had been no contact with him. A little tension. Did a little has drama. That, has that changed since then? Have, have you had interactions with him? And and how's it been? Well, and uh, my chief of staff, Jordan Waters, and my husband. My husband. <laughs> Jordan Waters. <laughs> <No, laughs> my husband also, they they advised me, said, you know, there's, there's a day that you're going to have to have a meeting with the governor and, yeah. and yeah. face-to-face. So we picked up the phone. We made that phone call. Mm. My husband drove to Boise with me to meet with the governor on that day. It was first part of June. Okay. And we had the conversation. And I, my, my message to the governor, that, I, that what I wanted to convey to him is that, you know, I asked him the question, do you think that it's prudent for the people of Idaho for the second in command, the lieutenant governor, to not be involved in, in the, the mm. information and what's flowing through our state that if God forbid, and every day we pray for the health and safety of our mm-hmm. governor, yes. but God forbid if something were to happen to him mm-hmm. and, and the, the second the in command needed to step into place, it would be uh, better for the people of Idaho for, for the second in command to be more involved and engaged in the process. So yeah. uh, since then, our, our offices have had you know committed to each other to we do have by used to be every day an update now we're we're down to uh twice a week having a an update with between his staff and and myself so uh, we do have better information coming through but i am not a part of the the critical decisions that are being made Mm -hmm. um the the governor one of the first things that he did was appoint a coronavirus working task Group yep. and it was comprised of people from the Idaho Hospital Association, a couple of doctors, a private sector person. Um, they oh, a retired 
CEO of the hospital and physician, okay. and they they really are. That's the group that's driving mm. the decisions that are being made in our state. And I've not been. Uh, I've we have asked to just at least have a call in number when they do meet, so I can listen <laughs> and and <laughs> know what. Is you know what's being discussed, and and we don't um, is have this, that wow. access. Lieutenant oh, Governor, wow. is this normal? Is this debate. how things normally engage with Lieutenant Governor and Governors? How does that process? Isn't there way more? I'm I'm hoping I would like to believe that communications are better between Lieutenant Governor and Governor. No, no offense. No, I think Brad Little's being a little catty. Well, we need to just we. Mm-hmm. I, I shared this with uh, some people today. We all need to move beyond the next election. And stand on principle and do what's right for the people of Idaho. We've learned a lot from the experience that we've had. There's been some mistakes that have been made, uh, including some of my own. We're all human beings. We need to do the best that we can as leaders to uh, fight to protect the people of Idaho, fight to protect the principles um, upon which our state and our nation were founded, the, re- the, the principles of the Republic of Idaho. Mm-hmm. That is the most important thing that we need to be doing right now and working together. There, uh, there's so much I, I want to talk about, but one of the things I can't help but think about is I moved to Idaho six years ago, um, and so I spent a lot of time trying to understand the culture and community that I'm in. And moving from uh, basically Georgia all the way here, it's been amazing to me to understand the group of people of Idaho. They are some of the most resourceful people, down, dirty, gritty. They get it done. No complaining. Loving, take care of their neighbor. I mean, it's been amazing to me to come to a place and to see the the Northwest. (laughs) It's it's different. And, And I know that about the people of Idaho. I would think that they would be capable enough of making good decisions of how to love their neighbor and how to take care of their own businesses without having an overlord Kind of give them their their tell, their tell, mar- them, what to tell do. them what to do, and yeah. and you know that's just me from looking at it, my perspective. From well, what that you used see, to be a Republican thing too. Well, but what you see from the people of Idaho, you touch them every day. You see that, right? Absolutely, and in a, it it you know I believe in the people of Idaho. I see so much opportunity in this state that we can take care of each other. Yeah, and um, it's it's all about if we have the freedom and the liberty to to run our businesses, provide for our families without having this heavy hand of government uh, being smacked across our face, telling us that, you know, you can't, you can't do, you have to do this. You have to do that. You can't, you can't, you can't go to this business. You can go to the mm-hmm. big box store, right. but you can't go to the main street. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You can't go worship as you see fit. Right. What but, do you think legislation, next legis- legislative session should accomplish because well, of what's happened this last year. Well, if, the f- if if I were in charge, the first thing I would do is I would ask the legislature, would you please cons- put some constraints on my power? Because mm. we're all human beings, and, and there's a weakness in us when we absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that our experience has been revealed. We've learned a lot. We see that there is a lot of power that has been claimed in the hands of a certain one individual and and so we need to recognize that there are holes in our statute and and our constitution needs to be addressed as well what, what so happened that, because our 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 constitution our founding fathers they put together this carefully crafted form of government where there's an equal 
balance of power between the legislative, the executive, and the judicial, judicial. branch right. of government. Yeah. Right. And the statutes need to be shored up because that's not what's happening right now. We don't need to be in this emergency anymore. Right. Um, it's not about the money. It's it's the the statute is written that that any proclamation or executive order during this section during the disaster emergency declaration has the same effect of law. And so that's mm. the concern is that that's a cons- consti- that's a really important constitution- constitutional that's a, issue that's a big hole. being violated yeah, right. because that's the purview of the legislative body to be making a lot of the decisions that are being made right now. Now there was a special legislative session held in August that um, I was kind of hopeful about and then was pretty disappointed ultimately. And the House uh, passed um, some kind of resolution to end the emergency order, and then the Senate um, didn't even take it up. Really. Didn't take it they up and, and, and passed maybe some kind of light um, recommendation that the the governor consider maybe doing that on Tuesday at one. T- I don't think it was, it was this really light thing. What happened at the special session, and um, what what do you make of it? I went over to Boise, and I have been advocating for more legislative involvement from the very beginning, and so. Of course, I was happy that finally, you know, eight, eight months, well, six months later, it was it was happening. But I also had some apprehension about it because I had listened to some of the the bills that were being discussed in the working groups mm-hmm. prior to this, mm-hmm. and it was uh, the bill that came out. Thank God, was different than the one that had been promoted by this working group okay. to give immunity to government and uh, right. force businesses to um, enforce the, m- the government mandates. Mm. Uh, so thank God that's not the bill wow. that passed through, but, but that's the one that was being promoted. And so, plus I also knew that there were a lot of people that were suffering for months on end, you know, um, lo- have lost their job, their livelihood, their, their hope and their opportunity in their career. And, and, uh, at the time in Ada County, the health district had declared uh, the a shutdown even further where only 10 people could assemble. And I'm thinking, how is this going to work? Right. You know, the officials called themselves together in, uh, you know, the legislative body. There's over 100 members there. Right. Over 100. And that was in violation of the 10 wow. minimum that the health wow. district. So I'm, I was apprehensive and I, wow. I wondered how this was going to work. But... What I what I did, and I called the a few members of the legislature together on that morning, Monday morning, and we started off in prayer. And together we prayed for three things: we prayed for uh, wisdom and guidance and uh, d- direction from God to help lead us. You know, in this these next few days, I asked that the voice of the people would be heard. And and then I asked, we asked for the will of that God's will would be done here in Idaho as well as our country. So I, I feel like considering what was mm. you know being discussed, the outcome was good because a different bill was passed, and they did ensure that uh, in-person voting would occur. Now on the resolution to end the emergency, I the Senate chose to go a different route, and they claimed that they had some concerns about constitutional issues, and I can understand that, but at the same time, you have to also understand that by the executive director of our state now keeping us 
in this emergency order where any proclamation or executive order has the same force and effect of law. Mm. That means, if that goes on through the end of this year, that means that that purview, the legislative purview of how we spend money mm-hmm. and policy issues is being uh, redirected, del- redirected yep. to the executive branch. Right. And that's a very serious constitutional no one's is anybody else afraid of that because that's that's what i I would immediately be afraid of that well that's that's, exactly what they say they want trump doing (laughs) right that's what i say we need to all be move beyond the next election and quit running things you know as a campaign and together stand on principle and do what we need to do to to protect the principle and so my road trip up north uh yesterday today and then ending tomorrow that's what I want to try to do. And I actually, we have drawn up a constitutional unity pledge. Hmm. I'll, I'll give that. Yeah. I'll give you oh, wow. that. Um, yeah. But it's basically, it's yeah, as okay. Idahoans, yeah. you know, recommitting ourselves to the constitutional principles that this nation and the state mm. were, were mm. based on and that we can, you know, together, sometimes standing up for what we believe in isn't always easy. Sometimes it requires helping others see when they have lost their way. Other times it requires a stern rebuke when someone stubbornly refuses to adhere to principle. And occasionally there will be conflict and turmoil as we work to apply our principles consistently to some new or unexpected situation. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm 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 starting to talk about this because I I you know it's been a difficult year. We've we've uh, we've a lot has been revealed to us. I think that what we need to do is learn from our experience yeah. from this year and and know what we need to do to prevent these things from happening again. So, what do you want to com- accomplish with this constitutional unity pledge? What do you, what do you want to accomplish with it? Have people commit to the principle and that we're That's all right. going to work together. Yeah. It, you know, I I I, 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 I understand. Partisan. Yeah, but I, I think too we're finding out that there's no objective appeal. No one. There's no. Where do we go to ultimately to say, okay, guys, this is where we disagree. This is how, who. This is the law that gets to work out that disagreement. Are we all going to say we commit to this standard of doing things? Which it seems like we would, but we have to sometimes go back and refresh that idea that like, oh, guys, remember this is how it works. This is what we agree to. Here's the constitution. Let's commit back to that. Remember, right. we all said that's, that's what right. we were going to do. Yeah. And I think you're right. We've kind of forgotten that, and that's something that. When, when you say last question, I, I know we we got to go. No, no, no. But, no. But I keep, you're this, right. We have um, lieutenant governor here. Okay, we just take advantage of whatever she says. She should, done. shouldn't have anything else. Hungry. Um, yeah, Gabe's. <laughs> getting hungry um when you say lessons learned things we've learned that we don't want to go back and do again are you specifically talking about the shutdown yes i mean and the well the violation um there the order to self-isolate to me that's a violation of the code the definition for healthy people that's yeah that's right uh that you're supposed to Put, you're supposed to separate people who are infected Unhealthy. and sick. We're sick. Uh, so that... And that's clear in the Idaho the, Code. Um, no, no person at any level, not even county commissioners, yeah. have, have the authority... Did I mention I'm running for county commissioner? No. <laughs> Did I mention that on the show? No. Okay, okay. That's beyond any of our authority yeah. to, shut, to order a business to close their doors, unless they're doing something illegal, of course, like Wait. cooking meth or running a prostitution Wait, that's ring. illegal? <laughs> Cooking meth? And, and, and most important of all, we should never, the government should never interfere in our right to worship freely mm-hmm. as yeah. we mm-hmm. see fit. Yeah, and that's a viola- violation of our basic I think that's, constitutional I think principle. it's really helpful. I'm, I'm, I appreciate this. I really like hearing you say specifically the things that we need to learn. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I, I don't think be vague. That needs to be said loud and clear. And I, yeah. and I think, cause I think there are a lot of people that are afraid. I think they think they're a minority voice. A lot of the people who have been scared. I mean, I, I think, I mean, early on, we didn't know what this was, yeah. but it's been, it's clearly, it's a panic. That's what we've had. We've had a panic, not really a pandemic. Yeah, that's and, right. And um, and I think we should still protect those who are vulnerable. It is a, a, a bad disease that can kill the elderly and those who have other um, uh, conditions. But the thing that I think needs to be pushed back against that panic is the truth. Right. Yes. Um, which is, you know, there isn't that it isn't the thing that we thought it was, and we really do need to learn these lessons of we do not have the right to close down businesses. We do not have the right to isolate the healthy. We do not have the right to forbid people from gathering for worship. Right. Uh, I think that needs to be said loud and clear. Yeah. Yes. And we need to look to the future for our, our family and our kids and our family and the, these young people here in this community all over the state that if the ice cream eater ever came to Idaho <laughs> And ran for governor, or Kamala Harris, yeah. or moved to Idaho. We and call ran her Kami Harris. Yeah. Kami, Kami Harris. <laughs> if they were to move to Idaho and run for governor and be the one, what we need to decide what, what we, if we have holes in our statutes or in the in our constitution that has allowed this to happen, right. we need to think beyond into the future. Yeah, right. What we need to do today yeah. to protect that carefully cracked crafted balance constitutional balance of power yeah to protect our, mm, our the, re, the republic i've you said know. i've said this before but i really um see this as this what's happened with this whole pandemic has been a failure of our previous generation's leadership all the people that are making all these decisions are you know 60 years and older they're in the they're the baby boomer generation our mayor our governor, all these people, they're shutting down all these businesses and all this opportunity for younger people to work and make money and to set themselves up for a better future, and they can't do it. And it's the previous generation that's making these decisions on their behalf. It's absolutely horrific in my yes, mind. Yes, they are. They're not. They're not living in faith. They're living in fear, yeah. and that's why it's a good thing that we have some young. Up and coming people <laughs> running for late talk county commissioner. <laughs> for commissioner really? <laughs> yeah. Lute I'm ready to support. Yeah. That's yeah. right. You and yeah. the next generation. Yeah. 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 Lieutenant, I just want to tell you, we had a show with you um, a couple couple years back, and you you weren't lieutenant governor then, and you came on the show, and I remember I kind of pushed you a little bit, and I got to tell you. The reason I do that, when we have guys on the show, guys or, or girls in your case, on the show that come on that are either in positions of power or want power, I always want to know how they're going to act when the when the, the everything's on the table. Yeah. When the bet is not just playing for you know chips anymore, it's real money. It's yeah. clear. When you have real you know, lives, and, and real lives matter. The whole thing that's going on, and we are finding out more and more that you know John MacArthur is in California. One of the few people who is standing by himself of what's left of the Christian evangelical Mount Rushmore. Not, not much know? left. And, not much and, left. And you wouldn't have been able to tell me 15, 20 years ago that that was going to be his fate. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, watching you through this pandemic or fear-demic um, has been amazing to watch you take a hard line against the status quo. And something we don't see a whole lot from Republicans. We've watched them fall. Yeah. We watched them say, oh, I'm concerned about the next in line. And I got to say, you have just been enjoyable to watch. And I have so much respect yeah. to see you put yeah. your career on the line for the people of Idaho. Well, yeah. thanks for saying that. But I, I, say, I say the same thing about you guys and Mr. MacArthur for all of us who stand stand up and it's and it's not easy that's no, sometimes it's not, it's not it's easy, not, it's not easy but, at all. but i'm looking at you and mm-hmm. i'm beyond you i'm looking there and i see the cross yep. and i and i know that all of us who are 
willing to put ourselves forward and stand for the principle. We never had to, with, you know, we can do anything um, with the support of um, our, our God and uh, Christ who made the ultimate sacrifice yep. for us. That's and right. if, you know, and if, and if Christ can go up the hill carrying the, the cross over, the burden of the cross on his back and go through that kind of persecution, then anything that I have to go through, mm. or you, or you as county commissioner, exactly is nothing. Right. Mm. Exactly so. right. All I'm saying is, Amen. if you don't primary Governor Little, I will. Uh-oh. That's all I'm saying. Uh-oh. On that note, saying. if you're single, okay. get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize That's them. Right. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight. Laugh and feast. Join this the club and download the app. Hey, Lieutenant Governor, thank you so yeah. much for joining oh, it's us. Great to be with you guys. See again. you guys at the conference, October 1st through 3rd, Nashville. What are those fools doing? Now, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the walls of Christendom, he was greatly enraged and he jeered. What are those fools doing? Can they restore all these ruins themselves? Will they sacrifice? Do they think they can finish in a day? Will they revive the charred and shattered stones out of the heaps of rubbish? And the priests of modern decay laughed, saying, If so much as a fox goes up on their wall, he will break down their city. So we built our walls, for the people had a mind to work. And in the ruins of the West, we laid our foundations. From that day on, half of us worked on construction, and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And those who carried burdens were trained to labor on the work with one hand and hold a weapon to defend it with the other. And all had a sword strapped to their sides and a tool in their hands. In the ruins we live, even while we rebuild them. In the ruins we marry and make love and raise children who raise the walls. In the ruins we craft wine and raise sanctuaries and barns. In the ruins we build and we film and we write and we read and we sing and we laugh and play rugby with pumpkins. In the ruins we raise our hands with swords and shovels and bless the Lord, for the earth is his and all who dwell therein. And each day, by his grace, we are less ruined. Each day our walls and our loves and our songs grow taller. For the city is a living city and we are living stones.